0: And now here's JD Burke and Andrew Wadden.
1: Welcome to Rink Wide. It's the show that always scores. Andrew Wadden alongside JD Burke. JD, whoa, buddy! It's a Super Saturday. Sure is, pal. Five NHL games on ice. One of them. One of the teams just didn't even show up.
2: Yeah, yeah, one of those games has provided enough offense for the entire day and we're like one period <laughs> through it. So we love to see it really, we do. Uh and we're seeing it more and more people every day.
1: Yeah, the uh if you're just tuning in or you just haven't been caught up yet, uh we're through 20 in Edmonton. The Oilers are the home team in this game as well. But boy. They uh someone forgot to tell them the
2: the series started today. I saw a fantastic a fantastic tweet and no surprise who um who who is, is responsible for it. Taj, nineteen forty four, friend of the show, personal friend of the JD Burke, he goes out with a tweet that says Edmonton must be really eager to, to leave town. <laughs> I, well, actually, you know what? I got to look it uh, up. Taj I, is the man. I, I, I kind of blanked the on agenda what it setter. was, but it was so good. Okay, yeah. Oilers trying to lose so they can leave Edmonton ASAP. <laughs> Can't blame them. Like, what an absolute king. And I responded to that, too. I was like, what an absolute king tweet.
1: All right, let's 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 set up the show, because I do want to get into a little bit of what we saw with the Black Lives Matter movement there at the start of the game. Uh, but here's who we got coming up. Thomas Drance... Ta- He is going to be on today, right? We know this 100%. Yeah, yeah, in theory.
2: Like, I'm not on his hit list yet, so that's good. I mean, it seems like every day he's uh, Queen Hildewald out there dismissing the seven dwarves, so (laughs) it's really nice to see. You know, uh, a little inside baseball there for you. But, yeah, well, I'm uh, sure you
1: can figure it out if you're on Twitter or you follow any of yeah,
2: us. Yeah, yeah, something new every day sure with that guy. Figure I mean, that like, out. if there's one person you don't want to be on the bad side of, it's... Yeah,
1: Drance, he's like the yeah, no new watch, man. Holy, yeah. watch out. Uh, Drance is in Edmonton. He's not yep. in the bubble, per se, uh, but we'll, we'll get him to break yeah, down. And he's everything.
2: isolated in the Boston Pizza with the rest of the sports writers. Did, did, did you and hear- they have to lift off of Cactus Club potatoes oh, for the entirety God. of the
1: <laughs> Did you hear, though, and I like Drance. Answer's approach to this, we can talk to him a bit about it. But I liked his approach to. I'm going to go right by that. Um, he he did an Airbnb because he's you know he's there for a while. Yeah, so he didn't do the hotel route. He's doing the Airbnb route. Uh, you know, Dranser with this whole pandemic, he's been a little more cautious. Let's say, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, not people. neurotic.
2: That's not the word I would use. <laughs>
1: And I like his approach to how he's living—you know, bubble life or, or outside the bubble life—in uh, the chuck there in Edmonton. That's um, right. oh, also, you still hate
2: Ukrainians. Cool. Oh, come on, that's that's an ode <laughs> to them, is it not? It is. Isn't it that is. why they call it the it chuck? Is, it is. Yes, I know.
1: I'm like literally the only person that uses that. No, 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 no. Because my
2: my dad's from Edmonton. Well, so yeah, old people do, yeah, but yeah, not, yeah. not
1: like a. Well, I'm not your really
2: cohort. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my no. people. He he's. <laughs> told me a bunch of times that it is um what's it called uh Edmund Chuck. Edmund that's Chuck. what they exactly. That's what they call it, yeah.
1: Uh, so Drancer is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. Hour two, uh, we're chock full of guests. Uh, Jesse Pierce from The Athletic in Minnesota is going to join us. She was on the station earlier this week on Sakaris and Price, and I had a fantastic hit. I'm like, I'm stealing her. Mm-hmm. I booked her for that show. I'm booking her for this show. She was fantastic. We might lean on Jessie uh, another time as well. Yeah, for we'll sure. Would this- you
2: say that uh, Friday's guest at about 4 no. 15? No. no, it doesn't come there. Low, low point of the show. Nah, you know how
1: Donnie and the Moj have that low point in the show? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: that was when we reached ours. Oh, I can't man. remember who
1: was even on that's, with us.
2: That's unfortunate. Might have had. I, have, uh, might, I might have a, feelings, man.
1: Might have been. Uh, might have been you, uh, Mallory McFall. Uh, she's one of the hosts on the Broadcast podcast. Now this is a brand new podcast yeah. that's coming out here in Vancouver, Vancouver-based podcast. All female hosts. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: And and Mal is the absolute queen. Uh like hundred percent. She is yeah, so I,
1: I have to admit, I'm not
2: familiar with Mal on Twitter. Well, no, your show isn't familiar with and, Mal. And we know that. Yeah, yeah. well that wasn't
1: me. That was, <laughs> that was that was that was Blake, all right. <laughs> I love how Blake's like goes to give them some props and then forgets one of them.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's typical <laughs> well done, Blake. typical baby dragon right there. But uh you know what? Like if if there's one person on Canuck's Twitter Who, who has like the best read on hockey wags, uh, wives and girlfriends, and all sorts of hockey gossip? It's Mal. And, like, I don't have the attention span or the capacity to keep up with any of this stuff. Also, I just don't care enough to seek it out myself, but I am so glad that there is a sports underscore lesbian who is out there mining this data and disseminating this information for us. And, like, what are the odds that there would be a huge, huge Canucks fan who just happens to live in Kansas City? Wait, what? Yeah. She lives in Kansas City? Yeah, yeah.
1: I've done my research for this, by the way. No, I didn't actually. I wanted to find out more about her through the interview. I had no idea yep. that she lived in Kansas City, though. I mean, yep. I know Sam, I know Georgia, and I know Danielle. We've had Danielle on the show before. Yep. Uh, but yeah, really excited about this new podcast, the broadcast. It's um, so funny. Yeah, it's, it's so good. You got to check it out. Add it to your uh, podcast list of what you listen to uh, weekly. A nice different perspective for sports as well. Yeah, really, totally. uh, really interested to hear uh, what they got, especially now. Great time to launch, too. Yeah, like no perfect kidding. time to launch yeah. you know super Saturday here we got games going on for the next few months mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned the uh, someone might might want to wake up the Edmonton Oilers they're down 4 uh, one they just want to
2: get out of Edmonton 20 now. minutes
1: <laughs> um, also in the first period right now uh, Panthers and Islanders scoreless they're uh, a minute
2: in uh,
1: to that one earlier today oh
2: wow so the Islanders don't have a single shot in that game <laughs> that it's gonna be or, it, that's or, gonna or be is it Bobrovsky's backup like it, which it, one is it
1: it's going to be a bit of a snoozer that series i think uh, uh i don't know man like a well, game you, of chess between trots and uh and, and uh coach q there as like, well
2: if, if you're one of those those people who think that hockey is only good when the goals are like eight to seven that's the series for you somehow because do you think it's going to get that high scoring yeah oh well, is sergey they still yeah, playing? yeah and you florida know.
1: doesn't really defend all that uh great as well
2: and but. then it just occurred to me it's like yeah you know what though as bad as Bobrovsky is, Barry Trotz is that good of a coach. So, like, yeah, yeah no. That's I, what I mean, I think the Chest. This, this one might be a little lopsided.
1: You know what? And by the way, I can't say the name Bobrovsky without hearing uh, Jay from Jay and Dan do the Bobrovsky. Like, I love that. Like, it's one of their best pieces that they've ever done. But then again, I can't hear his name uh, without thinking about that. A uh, Jets and Flames playing tonight as well. That's a seven thirty uh, puck drop here and uh, five o'clock. Looking forward to this one. Uh, Canadians and Penguins. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see the Canadians get absolutely run. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah,
2: of
1: course. Like, you I do. just not any th- reasons for that. No, you know why. But also, like any the sweater reasons for that. Yeah, there's there yeah, is that. Yeah, okay, there is cool. that. But also, they just don't deserve to be here. Like it, it bothers me that they're here. I, I actually want them to win the lottery. I would love to see Alexis Lafreniere be a Montreal Canadian, be that French Canadian that brings them back to prominence or whatever. Uh, what what? <laughs> but, but I can say oh. French Canadian. <laughs> you know?
2: I'll explain in the ad. Okay. okay.
1: Don't, inside jokes on radio don't really work. Yeah, well, uh, just, that's, oh, just, just
2: that's why you know. don't say them. I mean, I was just giving the look. There, okay, you gotcha. Uh, yeah, I want to see the... Uh, Somewhere uh, Trev is getting a chill I, up his spine.
1: I want to see the Pens. <laughs> okay, now I know what you're yeah, talking Yeah, yeah, about. yeah, there you go. I want to see the Pens run the, the Canadians uh, three buzz and uh, get the Canadians out here. Because, again, like, I, I feel like they deserve a shot at, at the... Because they don't, they don't deserve a shot to be here. We've been through this. They're not going to make a run. To the Stanley Cup. We all know it. They're a rebuilding team. They shouldn't be here in the first place. But anyway, that's my soapbox. I'll get off it. You know what, though?
2: You know what? The underlying data for for Montreal is actually exceptionally good. Like, they're one of the best teams at 5-on-5 five five at controlling shots. However, you need to have finishing talent and that's something that Montreal is still building uh, up. I mean, how many system.
1: power play opportunities did they get the other night against Toronto? And they, they looked horrible against them. Yeah, yeah, Wolf. I, yeah. I know, it's exhibition action and, yeah. and, and you know... What? Nothing. nothing. They did, they just watch the game. I'm not, no bias aside. Just watching the game, <laughs> you could see like 30 seconds into the game, they they, they allowed a goal yeah. on a two on one. It was ridiculous. I uh, and Shea Weber looked bad. Eddie backed me up here. And Shea oh, Weber that looked bad. blue line. Oh,
2: I was watching that game and I was
1: watching Shay pretty closely, yeah. and
2: he looked rusty.
1: Nah. Yeah, he wasn't don't. overly physical.
2: Was bobbling the puck. The, he, the good thing is only 10 years left on that contract. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, like that that. Blue Blue line in Montreal. I was looking at it, and I'm going, okay, Kale Fleury, he could be something in a few years. And then I go, Ben Sherat Victor Mete. Oh my God! Like, remember when they were all excited about Mete as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not yeah. sold on Jeff Petrie. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Petrie's really <laughs> Jeff good. Nice. Jeff Petrie's actually probably their best defenseman. <laughs> Let's not say. Yeah, it I much.
1: mean, next to Shea when he's when he's good.
2: Yeah. No, like Jeff Petrie is good, but I think overall, I look at that blue line, and I'm like, oof. That's rough. Yeah. That is a rebuilding blue line. You know, I mean, like maybe Victor Mete becomes a solid uh, four or three at some point in his career. I don't know if he's there now. Tell you that much.
1: How excited are you for tomorrow night? Like, I know it's not, I know, come on. (laughs) I I know it's not exactly, you know, quote unquote playoffs, but it's a series. It's a postseason. I'm I'm calling, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a series. But not only that, I love the three of five because you gotta get off, you know, like, if you don't get off the mat quickly when you're down, if you're down, the series can get out of control. I said it on Sports Saturday, told the story, uh, that Ferraro took, told us yesterday that he played one with Hartford against Quebec. Mm-hmm. Hartford was the, uh, underdog in the series. He said for the first 10 minutes of the game, like Hartford didn't even touch the puck. They end up winning the series. At one point in the series, he said he could tell Quebec had just, that's it, we're done. Like we've, we've basically thrown mm-hmm. the towel in. And, and in a series like this, it can happen. Eloqu- you know what, though, I, I hella there too.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, you're really uh, trying to appeal to the kids. How do you do, fellow kids? He's wearing a music band shirt too. Uh, no, I mean like. The interesting stat that I saw was because they had a bunch of uh, best of five series, I believe in the 80s, right? Which was when you were, what, like in your teens. They. <laughs> no, no, no. Not. I was a teenager in the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, 1993, I was 15. Totally, for sure. I was two. Um, so you look at. And you the, haven't really aged much since, or at least. No, no not act. one bit. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you look at those series. All but one. Yeah. All but one. So, 49 of 50, I think, was the number. I wish I could remember who put this tweet out. Whoever won the first game won the series. Well, 87... Yeah, sorry. Did you say 87%? Is that no, I said 49 out of uh, 50. So, 98%. Oh, really? Yeah. See, because I heard Henderson,
1: and Henderson's probably wrong, but I heard yeah, yeah, Henderson yeah. say something like 87%. But you got to keep in mind, though, dude, look at those series back then. Like, you mm-hmm. got the Oilers playing against... Uh, you know anybody?
2: Really? Yeah you know, yeah. you know
1: what I mean? Like the league wasn't there. I, I don't think. Wasn't parity?
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. The NHL is obsessed with manufacturing um, parity that doesn't really exist. So, like, yeah, it's a bit different now.
1: In the inbox right here, and uh, little Captain Obvious, Wadden smack talking the Canadians because he's a Leafs fan. Well, hello.
2: Yeah, that was, that was. But my, also, no, no, no. I've got a flip phone that I keep on me during the show, and it's a little burner, like you know, you from do. the wire. It is.
1: Well, let me check that number. Yeah, yeah. No, but but also, but let's keep in mind here. I also said I want them to win the lottery because I think yeah. that Lafreniere would be perfect for them. So, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of bias there, but the bias is more heavily leaned on the fact that I just don't think Montreal deserves to be there. That's all. But
2: anyway, yeah, we're, and we're and, go and back you to. know what? Like if you watched Montreal play the other night, they're they're playing like a team that doesn't want to be there. Oh
1: man, yeah. <laughs> like, like if they played the way they played the other night, yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to be quick and dirty for oh, like, yeah. for Pittsburgh. But
2: you know what? Like I do think and there are a lot of analytics models that back this up. Like Montreal was in a really unique spot where like no, they don't belong in the playoffs. Of course not. Everybody with, with half a brain knows this, right? Like there's n- they have no place in this in this uh, tournament. Yep. However, because they do such a good job of controlling shots at five on five and because Carey Price can turn it on on a moment's I notice. J- I don't like, want to hear this Carrie Price steal
1: a series thing, man. Man, it can happen. So- ah sure, sure. It can happen. Sure. But it's not going to. It's probably not. Like, like Don't get me wrong. It's like, probably what, not. What makes people think... Wait, wait, wait. wait I know Carey Price's me... season like, started terribly and he rebounded a little bit. But what else makes you tell, tell you that Like, he's going to need some help there?
2: Too. Yeah, and you know what the help is? Tristan Jari and Matt Murray have both been terrible in the second half of this year. So if you've got above average goaltending on one side and poor school tending on the other in a series this short like sure. that can yeah. that can make a huge yeah. difference um Although, I mean, Matt
1: Murray has had playoff success too. So there's also yes. that, there's also that side. I mean, maybe he could find it anyway, whatever. We're, we're not going to dwell too long here on, on Pittsburgh and Montreal, but I do want to talk about uh, Canucks and Wild. And we are going to, you know, throughout the show be heavily, heavily skewed towards that series. But, um, like where are you at right now with what's you've seen through the Canucks over the last week? Of course, we had another Vertan and Gate. Uh, we can call it that again. <laughs> like it was just another, it just seems like another day that ends in Y that we're we're yeah, you know debating yeah, over Jake Vertanen, and then Wednesday. and then we see yesterday yeah. Zach McEwen, the big fella, um, a he, fella of an ordinate size. He skates with the Black Aces, yeah. although maybe that like that's not telling us exactly who's going to get in the line. I don't see Brandon Sutter getting taken out of the lineup no, over for Jake Vertanen, all because of the penalty kill. Yep. I mean, Ferraro was on here yesterday saying like, if you take Sutter out, who the heck's going to kill a penalty? Now, my question to you is this though. They've had time to develop one of these young players into a penalty killer. Perhaps maybe even Jake Vertanen. Why didn't they?
2: Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I think like I I sympathize with uh, with, with Travis Green on this one because if you're looking at somebody like Jake Vertanen, what indication has he given you at five on five that he is committed to the defensive details that make a penalty kill work? Sure. No, I'll give you that. You I know will. what I mean? Like but, but, The but, but, penalty kill is all systems. It's all details. Sure. And that's why somebody like, remember Sean Mathias had no penalty killing experience basically, comes to Vancouver and is an elite penalty killer under that team structure. And that's the thing. I, I look at Jake. That's my favorite example. Uh, but that's a great example.
1: I look at Jake, big body. Like, wheels? Like, why didn't they ingrain this into him earlier uh, while he was coming up through the system? Because
2: everything was given to him immediately. Yeah,
1: I hear you. That's, you know what I mean? Like, he, he
2: puts together the most mediocre. Oh, now, there's a charged word in this market. Puts together the <laughs> most mediocre draft plus one season from a top ten pick that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. And somehow that's good enough to get him a spot next year. Like, oh, he's got nothing... So left. they
1: overplayed their hand. Yeah, it's with, like he's got nothing
2: yeah. left to prove. Excuse
1: me? So some of this has got a, a, a lean on the on the organization as a whole in terms of like you've painted yourself into a corner when Louis Erickson and Brandon Sutter are your best... Well, and of course, Mott and Beagle, too. Yeah. But, uh, Louis Erickson and uh, uh, Brandon Sutter are your, are your best options for penalty kill.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, when I'm looking to fill out a penalty kill, I'm setting my budget... Uh, for the forwards right at about <laughs> oh, 30, 30, $35 million dollars annually. Yeah. Okay, all right. I well, love con- going to that well. And, and they're going to contribute about five points of at even strength all year and yeah. I'm going to call those good contracts.
1: <laughs> I just, you love going to that well. I love it though.
2: Um, Are they still on the, the, the spreadsheet? Are they still getting paid? Are they still in the accountant's books? Hey, um, is the team facing a cap crunch? They're like, Am I missing something Okay, here? so J.D., one thing that I've been focusing
1: on a little bit, and I believe, is that I think that third line for the Canucks is going to be a big factor in this series. I yeah. think Godette is... Uh, I mean, uh, offensively, we know uh, Godette has got some flair. Uh, defensively, he's got his warts. Mm-hmm. But I really like this Furland-Roussel combination as well. Just a little bit of grit, you know, some greasiness. Uh, they can be a pest, but they can also put the puck in the net. I think they could be a real X factor in this series.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, especially in a in a scenario where you look at the Minnesota Wild and the composition of their top six or their middle six, rather, that's a group that is built to shut teams down. It's not built to score. So that means that some of the best players on the Wild are, are dedicated to shutting down Elias Pettersson. Are dedicated to shutting down Brock Besser and Bo Horvat the Canucks need a sheltered scoring line to take advantage of plum deployments if that's going to be the scenario, particularly when they don't get the last change. I think this is one of those instances where absolutely they could be a factor and and, and if, if Michael Furland and Antoine Roussel are healthy, man, I, I give this team a lot of gruff for, for how much they've invested in their bottom six, but that's a hell of a third line. I think If, so those, too. if those two are healthy, so that too. is a good third line. And, and, like, Roussel— Real recognize real. Roussel
1: looks like he's now got himself back to, to be in that, you know, health-wise. Oh, being yeah. Being the player that they, that they hoped he would be. Yeah, 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 for and sure. He, and he's built for this moment. Like, this is perfect for him. And, like, him and Furland out there, you know, Goddard can almost be sheltered a yeah, little yeah. bit.
2: With those two, I, I just, They can dig out the pucks, and he can uh, go to go to the most sensitive parts of the offensive zone and, and work, his, work his magic. Now you listen to Sicaris and price? No.
1: Yeah, you do. And you know Friday Fortune Teller? I said Friday
2: Fortune Teller. I, I listened teller. yesterday.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I turned off. Well, I tuned out while producing it around 4:45. Tuned back in after that guest was gone. I can't remember his name.
2: Wasn't me. But <laughs> I got shifted to 4.15, buddy.
1: Oh, that's right. It was Jeff. <laughs> I forgot myself.
2: <laughs> Massive cell phone. Massive Sorry, cell phone. Sorry, Jeff. If you're going to throw Sorry, shade, Pat, at I least probably know your won't. own lineup. Well,
1: you don't even know, Ed. We rejigged that thing like three times yesterday. Uh, and just, I was
2: so accommodating, yes, too. He like, well, was, He
1: had nothing else to do. You were sitting at home playing video games.
2: Like, being else? a nice, flexible guest that you are. Yeah, That's me, buddy. That's me. Man of the people. What's up?
1: I think I lost my train of thought there after we went down this road here. Anyway, it'll come back to me. Uh, Somebody asking in the inbox, uh, what is the name of the podcast? It's the Broadscast. Broadscast. And, uh, it's again, four female hosts, all technically based out of Vancouver, except for one of them, who's in Kansas City. How many Vancouver
2: Canuck fans are in Kansas City? At least one. At least, <laughs> like I, I, don't know. Like at least one. <laughs> the the only Canucks fan south of the Mason Dixon line. You know what I mean. Like it's uh, it's it's actually really cool. Uh, um, in the
1: in the inbox right now, Jake didn't choose his draft choice. His, his draft choice didn't choose his draft. Who I guess, mentioned his draft? Work? I guess slot. I don't think it's fair to put those expectations on a player whose draft selection is out of his control. That's from Andrew in the inbox, not me. A different Andrew. Andrew, listen. I didn't the, the, mention But You can position. throw away the sixth overall part. The point. Point is this is that like the Canucks are going to have to make a real tough decision in this offseason, and I don't think they're going to re-sign him.
2: I, I really don't. I think that they would be wise to explore trade scenarios. And you know what? He might be the little bit of sweetener that moves like a I don't know, maybe not a Louis Erickson, but a Brandon Sutter, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps might be able Mayhaps. to get a bad
1: con- might, might be able to get a bad contract. And honestly, I think he will. I don't want to say flourish, but I think he will be better off some oh yeah else. that's what I've been saying I think like that's kind of obvious
2: yesterday so. ten forty had me on like three four maybe five times I twice the, the demand from the audience was deafening the second time it was was an absolute mistake deafening and uh one of the things that that I kept saying was like I think it would be better for Jake at this rate to move on to yeah, the market so like yeah. he clearly doesn't have the discipline to to yeah. work within Vancouver yeah, i think too many
1: distractions here we've seen it they're unfolding you can't even argue that i mean you got nobody else on the team is going to celebrities during a pandemic except for jake so again yeah. uh, i don't want to harp too much on uh, on jake uh, before we go to break cuz we do have to go to break thomas Trance, number 1 on the athletic power list is coming up vancouver power list that is um
2: jd i thought this was all a hoax yeah, no, I gotta I, eat, I, I gotta eat I, some serious, I, I thought
1: the NHL was never gonna get off the ground, and the, well, y- you well, told me this numerous times. Yeah,
2: like, it's a bunch of, like, octogenarians who don't know what a computer is who are suddenly administering the most complicated sports tournament in the history of the <laughs> NHL, and I'm supposed <laughs> to believe that these people who still operate one fax at a time, you know, with carrier pigeons, like, I'm supposed to, to take them seriously as administrators? Like, just, just no can thanks. You, can you just
1: take the L? Yeah, I took okay, the L. That's all I, I, I need. I said that's I, all I I the That's all I needed.
2: Grow up, Andrew. Grow up.
1: Clip it. Clip it. Grow up. All right. on the other side, your best friend, Thomas Drance from The Athletic in Vancouver, gonna join us from Edmonton. We'll get the lowdown on what's happening, well, at least outside of the bubble in the chuck. Rink Wide, the show that always scores right here on TSN 1040.
0: And appreciate it. This is Rink Wide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Watten.
1: Welcome back to Rink Wide, the show that always scores. Andrew Wadden alongside J.D. Burke with you right up until 3 o'clock. This is the place to be for Canucks coverage, let me tell you. Boy, do we got things covered! But uh, first, we got to talk a little NFL here, JD. That's right.
2: That's Looks right. like my
1: season just went down the drain. Well, you know what,
2: Wadden? If there's... no, I'll be honest with you, the Lions if, suck anyway. If there's one you know, thing I'm that, that I'm Troy known for, it's optimism. Yeah, you
1: are the most optimistic person yeah, I know. A super happy, like a, dude. A, 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 a ray of sunlight that shines through your blinds in the morning.
2: Hell yeah! So anyway, Trevor Lawrence is really good.
1: I see where you're going now.
2: Yeah, and without Matt Stafford, the Mm. Detroit Lions have entered the Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, according
1: to Ian Rappaport, Field Yates is also backing it up. Lions QB Matthew Stafford been placed on the reserve COVID list. Per source, but I've hey, got another goal, by the way, too,
2: in this game, but, uh. This is going to be Matt Stafford's first, uh, fully healthy season in years.
1: <laughs> well, no, 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 that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. But anyway, this isn't an NFL show. Uh, Thomas Trance is on the line. Let's bring him into the conversation. Thomas, you're in Edmonton right now, and the home team, per se, the Oilers are getting absolutely run out of the barn. 5-2 now, Chicago in the second period. Wow. Did you see that coming? <laughs> Well, I didn't, but I also didn't see Mike Smith
3: starting. so uh, (laughs) we'll take that with a grain of salt. Look, uh, Blackhawks, they have firepower, right? Like, I don't think either of these teams, uh, I think the Oilers are structurally superior, generally speaking, uh, but they have struggled enormously, and this Blackhawks power play especially has been picking them apart. And in what I've seen so far, I'm, I'm not at the game today. Uh, because, you know, there's only uh, so many media, so many group fives you can have in the building, and we, of course, have an Edmonton beat writer, the Athletic does, in this city, and Daniel Nugent Bowman, who does a tremendous job. So, I'm, uh, I'll am i be at the late game, the Winnipeg-Calgary game today, but it uh, looks like, uh, as I'm watching this, it looks like Mike Smith's Game might be over, probably about twenty six and a half minutes too late.
1: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Koskinen uh, in there is warming up the groin right now. The hook coming out for
2: Mike Smith. Boy, what? Who uh, could have seen this backfire? Yeah. <laughs> Who possibly could have seen this not working yeah, out? Tom, how was the Boston pizza?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, I went to a I, I went to a place that did Detroit
3: style. Uh, deep dish, like square deep dish pizza, uh, called the Flying Odo, and actually had an excellent pie. I will say I've been pretty impressed. I'm on 104, and there's a nice little strip. There was a farmers market open today. Uh, walked by that. I've been I've stocked up. You know I've moved in, and you know I've actually found Edmonton completely tolerable uh, to this point. And look, they've done a good job. I walked the length of the bubble yesterday, uh, which was surreal to sort of see. Uh, it does sort of feel like, you know, the Vatican in Rome, like where you're not really able to walk in to it sort of unless you're in a specific place. Uh, not, not quite the same types of lines and, and certainly not the same quality of pizza. But <laughs> otherwise, uh, it does sort of remind me of that. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. So far, anyway, uh, things appear to be good. We've seen a few guys, you know, uh, not play Surprisingly, uh, guys like, you know, uh, Lucas Walmart, for example, in Florida and Igor Sisterkin in New York. But in all cases, it seems like those are, you know, injuries, guys who are banged up as opposed to guys who are being isolated uh, or, you know, in in the protocol, as it were, following positive tests. And, and, you know, that's sort of what the NHL has prioritized here, really. They've prioritized player safety and they've limited access to the bubbles and i think they've done a good job uh hopefully we you know hopefully today is the first of 65 days of hockey unencumbered by a variety of positive tests and you know i think that's sort of the main thing to watch here and the main priority um but you know so far so good and i've actually been pretty impressed by the quality of hockey uh the goaltending in this edmonton blackhawks game aside
1: yeah. Uh, give us your thoughts on what you saw from Matt Dumba and others before the puck drop between the Oilers and Blackhawks uh, uh, acknowledging the Black Lives Matter movement. I was hard on the NHL to start Sports Saturday today uh, saying that, you know, the scrutinizing them for not really doing anything sort of about it had a bit of a, a line in uh, Gary Bettman's um, release. But uh, to see what we saw this morning, uh, I thought was uh, a quite good of the NHL and of the players to step up and take a stand. Yeah,
3: tremendous leadership by Matt Dumba. He's become the first NHL player to kneel during the anthem. Uh, You know, uh, it's a start, right? I think it's a start. I I liked JT Brown, who of course was the first NHL player to protest during the anthem when he raised a fist at the Florida Panthers home opener back in the 2017-18 season during the American Anthem. I liked his comment on Twitter afterwards where he said, you know, hopefully this is is the start and, and now players will feel a little more comfortable supporting their teammates like that's sort of the necessary next step and you know Kirk, i thought matt dumba gave an excellent speech uh, an emotional speech uh, i thought he did a tremendous job i i just tip my cap to the leadership and the courage that he's shown stepping onto that stage and doing what he did uh but you know i, I mean i do think there's another there's more progress to be made uh, both in terms of you know players Who are playing that game uh, doing more to support him. Obviously, we saw Darnell Nurse and uh, Malcolm Subban put their arms on Dumba as he knelt, uh, which was a a nice show of support. But, you know, when you think about guys like Jonathan Taves, who penned uh, an incredibly thoughtful statement during the Black Lives Matter moment, um, you know, I I still think there's more to be done here. and, And I think they recognize that, too. But, you know, Considering where I was 48 hours ago and, and what I was talking about in terms of the league's reaction to this point on social justice issues, I think you got to commend them for giving Dumba the space and the platform. Um, to do what he did, and, and full credit to him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to Thomas Strantz from the Athletic in Vancouver, stationed right now in Edmonton.
2: Well, Tom, you know how lamentable I am to uh, to talk about social justice issues and politics, right? Yeah, not so. Something, not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not something I usually want to get into. So let's shift right. gears a bit here. Uh, you've been on the Jake Vertanen beat for for basically since the beginning of training camp, and and it's kind of unfolded almost exactly as you predicted, given the circumstances right? We're looking at a scenario where he wasn't even considered one of the 13 best forwards in the Canucks one scrimmage match, and uh, there is a distinct possibility that he's a healthy scratch when the the Canucks take on the Wild tomorrow night. Where does that situation stand?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd call it a likelihood at this point, surely. The Canucks clearly used that exhibition game as a dress rehearsal, and the fact that Bertanen you know, wasn't among the 13 forwards dressed, I think speaks volumes. Now, that said, he did continue to practice with the first group while McEwen and Berkson did not uh, this week, so, you know, we'll see. I I don't think this is over or anything, but I do think in all likelihood, uh, we're going to see the Canucks enter the first playoff game without Jake Bertan in the lineup, uh, which is definitely mystifying following, you know, what was a career offensive season for him, and you know, I would say I don't know that I predicted that this would sort of come to pass so much as I think I was reading the tea leaves pretty keenly uh, early on and, you know, it just looked to, it looked quiet around Bertan at training camp and, you know, then he had that Thursday night performance and you know, I know the reaction in the market when people, it's, it's really interesting because when the celebrity nightclub thing happened, I think the reaction in the market was, oh, what's being made of this and it's not a big deal and, and I kind of think it was and then when he had that really brutal Thursday scrimmage, the first scrimmage the Canucks had. You know, it's hard to understate just how rough it was for him, right? Like, he was dash three, uh, probably blew a coverage on all of those goals, uh, obviously got castigated by the club's captain. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it was hard to understate that, too, right? I, I got a lot of people being like, you're reading too much into a scrimmage, and I really didn't think I was. Like, I really thought that that was a, a really tough performance, like, just a, just a one that was going to sort of take a lot of work to step out from under. I don't know that he did anything else to, you know, sort of change the narrative around that uh, as camp unfolded and and clearly that was the case and, you know, I don't like, this was one you could see coming and so we'll see. Like, I don't think, I don't think we're in a world where Jake is not going to factor into the series. I think he brings a a certain speed and offensive pop uh, that I do think the Canucks probably will will need, whether it's against the wild or, or thereafter. Um, so, you know, I'm not I'm not writing this off anyway. I don't think this story has been written and closed, but, you know, certainly we're at a point where you know, things are gonna get complicated, especially as the club looks to calibrate what's next for their relationship with the sixth overall pick back in the 2014 NHL entry draft.
2: Yeah, I was going to say it was pretty rude of the media to force Travis Green to uh, scratch Jake Virtanen the other night. For an encore <laughs> performance, do you think that uh, there's a scenario where this could be nearing uh, the beginning of the end for Jake Virtanen? right? You kind of touched on it a little bit there, saying it'll be interesting to see, but I really do believe that this could be the, the kind of the, the first salvo of moves that lead towards his exodus from Vancouver, because it seems like the organization, at least from the coaches to the players, there's some frustration with, as you said, the former sixth overall pick.
3: Yeah, I mean, very, very possibly. I think a lot is going to depend though, on what happens above him in the lineup, as it were, and and we've seen this, you know, you see this all the time in a cap league, but You know, I think a lot will depend on what happens with Tyler Toffoli and his pending unrestricted free agency. And, you know, some of that will probably be dictated by how the club fares here and how Toffoli specifically fares here over the next week to 10 days in this qualifying round series. But, you know, in the event that you're bringing Tyler Toffoli back uh, and you've got Brock Besser locked up, you know, I mean, that right-wing spot becomes an area of surplus. And, you know, where, where it sort of gets unfortunate for the org is, because Vertanen's in this arbitration-eligible situation, because he's got tremendous counting stats, but obviously has you know encountered some issues uh, vis-a-vis his playing time, uh, I think that's a complicated one and could restrain the value that he'd otherwise have on the trade market. So we'll sort of see how this ends up balancing out, but I do think more than what occurred at training camp, uh, the decisions that will ultimately have the biggest impact on Jennifer Tannen's Canucks future will occur higher up the lineup, uh, especially in terms of Tafoli, and then, of course, what the organization can do and what options they have to upgrade their blue line.
1: What's your thoughts, uh, Drancer, on, on Michael Furland and the way he sort of rebounded here, solidified himself back into the lineup? I'm excited about his spot and where he where he is with Goddard and Roussel. I really think that that line is going to do uh, some damage in this series. Yeah, I'm really
3: curious to see because they didn't have a great outing as a line. Like it's, it's, it's hard to talk about because Furland looked good in the exhibition game, especially from the perspective of this is a player who's, you know, until like that was the fifth time, the fifth game that he's played since October 30th, right? Yeah. And it was the second time that he's actually finished the game. So that's hugely positive. Sort of outcome for Furland, who's worked really hard to get back to the point where he's an option for this club. And, you know, I thought he looked fast. I think he's looked engaged. I think his hands have looked fast. I actually think we've seen the best version of Michael Furland over the past three weeks that we've ever seen since he signed with the Canucks, right? Like his October, I thought was pretty quiet. Uh, But but this has sort of looked like a different type of player. And a player who, you know, I think the capable second-line quality forward when he's healthy and going and, and, you know, tuned up and in rhythm. So, you know, he could be a huge addition for this club. However, he's not a player who typically drives play. Um, Adam Godette's not a player who typically drives play. Roussel can be, but, you know, if you're asking him to do the heavy lifting on a third line... Uh, You know, I think you'd rather he be a complimentary sort of driver as opposed to the main engine on a depth line. And when you look at that wild bottom six, you know, you're looking at a third line that has Matt Zuccarello, uh, you know, a possession beast, even if he's sort of lost a couple ticks off his fastball. Marcus Foligno, a really good defensive player. You know, And a, and a third-line center in Alex Galchenyuk, who's you know, not had the best season but remains an incredibly talented player. On their fourth line, they've got Ryan Hartman, who's genuinely really good, and Ryan Donato, who can fill the net. I mean, that's, a, that's an absolute murderer's row of death talent. Now, obviously, the Canucks, we know the edge that they have in their top six forward group, but when you talk about what Gaudette, Roussel, and Furland can do. You know, I think Furland can be a big help for this team. Uh, I, I think he's going to be, I, I hope he's going to be, just for him, just from a human perspective, you want him to stay healthy and to be able to contribute. But, you know, in terms of the task that that line's going to have, going up against one of those two wild bottom six lines, like I think it's going to be a tall order. Uh, and I think it's possible uh, that they struggle a little bit and that the Canucks, especially if Furland looks good. You know, like people are talking about Furland being in their out of lineup. Like, if Furland looks good, you could consider bouncing him up yeah. and, and getting an engine for that third line that maybe could do even a better job. That's almost that's almost sort of one of the things that I'm looking for here, is if Furlan's ready to go and if Furlan's playing well, then I think you can slot him potentially higher up the lineup and use that to give your third line a little more push. That's wow. sort of going to be the thing. If Furlan's if back, right, If Bro is back, durable, able to play, I almost think the question is where does he end up, higher up the lineup, as opposed to whether or not that third line uh, can hold its own. Because in your mind's eye, while it sounds like it would be annoying, I do think they're going to be in tough, just in terms of controlling play
2: against a wild bottom six that's really, really good. Yeah, they must spend a lot on that bottom six if it's that good. (laughs) We've
1: heard enough about this. He loves that. They also actually do like yeah, Correlo
3: yeah. expensive, Galsunik expensive, yeah. Miku Koibu's expensive. Like they do spend a lot on their bottom six, but also their bottom six is better than Vancouver's, so they're getting more bang for their buck. Well, um, but but it's not a budget bottom six. JD, come on,
2: I know, come on, I know. Man. I'm just I'm just having a little fun, buddy. Well, Chill. <laughs> don't put me on your hit list, man. Like I said, <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, exactly. I've, I've written yes. my will, but I don't want yeah. to have to actually have it, you know, executed. Yeah,
3: exactly. Well, oh, you know, you you know me, gentlemen. These days, I'm pulling my. Punches.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 okay. All right, transfer. Sure. Well, enjoy yourself uh, some Edmonton this afternoon. I know you're going to be going to the game tonight, so enjoy that as well. And, uh, you know, uh, keep uh, keep you know putting people in their place there on Twitter as well. We, we, we <laughs> yeah, love the, the theater of as it As long all. as it's not me, yeah. please, yeah, and, sir. And not me either. I, I don't want to <laughs> well, be in your crosshairs.
3: Gentlemen, looking forward to putting a suit on and a mask and, yeah. and getting back to the rink. Yeah, uh, will be. It'll be uh, an, ab- an absolute bomb after five Five months away. Really excited, and, and I think it should be a good game. That Calgary Winnipeg series, I think, could be uh, extraordinarily compelling.
1: All right, Thomas. Thanks so much, and we'll uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. See you gentlemen. Bye. Thomas the I'm just imagining
2: Tom being rolled to the rink in like a bubble. Do you remember that movie, <laughs> uh, Bubble Boy? The bubble Boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> he's actually brought a Sherpa with him yeah. to Edmonton, and the Sherpa's sole duty is to just roll yep. him around places. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what, though? They can make a dress code in the NHL all they want. Yeah, Drancers yeah. Always gonna be looking sharp in the suit.
2: Yeah, not as sharp he, as I do, but like yeah, for sure. He
1: loves it. No Drancer lo- and when he comes into the suit. Really wears his here- bolo
2: tie. <sighs> exactly. No, no, we all know where it is.
1: Yeah. It's non existent because nobody wears them. Unless you're at really, least north really of Texas, cool. that is. Oh wait Never mind. All right. On the other side, uh, we can take some phone calls. We got a little bit of time here. 604-280-1040, 844-876-1040. Uh, toll free. We'll also dive into the inbox. Text us 104040. Email live at tsn1040.ca. Some of your uh, reactions, your responses, uh, coming up next. Right here. Rink wide. The show that always scores on TSN 1040.
0: to rink-wide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Watten.
1: Welcome back to Rink One. It's the show that always scores. Andrew Waden alongside J D Burke. I like the music this week. We switched it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, I uh, I've really been getting into some of like the the hip hop of like my my youth. This uh, is like
1: soldier stuff. is like No Limit Soldiers or something. No, no, Kinda this, like is, that this is
2: Lil Wayne and Birdman. But
1: like, well, basically the same thing. You know? yeah, yeah, totally yeah, for sure.
2: hundred yeah. percent. I don't even know who you're talking about. No Limit Soldiers. Nah. Master P? Oh, I know Master P. Yeah, that whole, yeah. Pass me the green, I yeah, but need it's some like the yeah yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 It's kind of the same sort of... And everybody wanted to hear me rap today. Of course. Can yeah. you do more of that? Yeah. Pass me the green, I need some weed. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You and
1: Sakara should have a rap battle.
2: Pass me the green, Andrew. I need some weed with my Hennessy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was amazing.
2: Clip it, clip, clip it. it, clip it.
1: Um, uh, in the inbox right now, I can see what's happening to the Oilers today, happening to the Flames and the Canucks. If they're not ready to put on their big boy pants and bring it, that's Jake or Jack in Coquitlam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you about. don't get out the gate quickly. Boy, it can unravel on you. And as we're seeing, it's 6-2 now, Chicago.
2: Uh, I want to read the ones that are explicitly second. nice to me. Okay, sure. Cherry pick it. Uh, There's
1: probably one. Two. Uh, two.
2: Two. Okay. okay. Uh, J.D. Where is it? Um, I, I lost my train of thought. Ah, the only go. other person I know of who exudes the persona of J.D. Burke is Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, Toss me some cold ones, brother. I got cold ones in the fridge for after the and show. And you know what? You know what else? Trev would appreciate that, too, because I was into wrestling during the Attitude Era, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was always fighting with ownership. The what era? The Attitude Era. What's
1: that? I don't, I, don't, I don't watch wrestling.
2: Oh, yeah. The world stopped spinning in, like, No, 85. once Macho
1: Man left, I was oh, done. Yeah,
2: see what I mean? The world stopped spinning in 85. Yeah. That wasn't. <laughs> it was much longer. Than that. I, Come I, on, I don't know. Man. I can do the best one. Uh, we got another one in here that's talking about how extremely cool I am. No, that's uh, not true. JD Burke, you hit all the right notes with your take on the Black Lives Matter movement in hockey. Uh, Dumba Brown all of the right notes. I'm a person of color, grown man. It would have meant so much to hear that from a white person when I was a kid. I appreciate your take so much because it's nuanced and critical. means more than you know. Nice. East side, Akeem. And you know what, hey, man?
1: Hey, listen. I, I, I throw up the Coast fan yeah, too, absolutely. man. So I feel that. I feel that. And Akeem, thank you for, for, for saying that. And But you know what? It's a start. That, yeah. that That is the one thing that I can say right now. It's a start. The one thing that bothered me about the lack of uh acknowledgement that we saw prior to today's game was that the players were involved. Like I, I remember seeing a yeah. bunch of players wearing the Black Lives Matters movement. Like these players want to get involved, it seems like, and I felt like the league was almost suppressing it a little bit. But then to see that today, uh, I gotta give hey, listen, you gotta give credit where credit's due. Yeah, I'm giving credit I do to the NHL but I,
2: I think that also the NHL's response, uh like I think that this is a reaction to the backlash on Twitter. To a certain degree, I think. Oh, uh, like you know what, you, JD? I'll not, give
1: you, I'll give you that. But again, do you I, not think I, I Matt Thumba
2: wanted to say this earlier? But I
1: don't want to scrutinize things when I. And when, sure, but I, yeah. I don't want to scrutinize it right now. I want to acknowledge it. I want to uh, uh, give it its its due, and just hope that we have more of this yeah, moving for sure. forward for because sure. we need this right now. Uh, also in the inbox, we'll get a little bit lighter here, guys. Uh, play Chelsea Dagger on radio. Radio goes off. It's that simple. Yep, no problem. Uh, to the texter from Courtney BC, you will not hear Chelsea Dagger ever again. Don't you dare, Eddie. I see you smirking over there. Don't you dare do that to this market. Also in the uh, inbox here, Tyler Mott, unsung hero. That's signed by Jason Bruff. Do, do you know Jason Bruff? Yeah. I've, I've heard of that guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. just another... 1040 Yeti. Do you
1: think he's got a Mott
2: jersey? Probably. Well, it just says Hustle on the back because he's not Tyler Mott for Jason Bruff. He's Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle. But uh, you know what? Like, I actually, when I saw that text, I went through my phone contacts because I was like, Bruff would text that. And that's true. Uh, Did you (laughs) check the number? I checked the number and it wasn't actually Jason (laughs) Bruff. But like, you know, Bruff and I love to to rib each other. So I was like, oh, there's there's like a 50% chance. Is
1: is it ribbing or is it uh, a little hatred in there as well, no, I, no, I got yeah, maybe me and Bruff can uh, come
2: together on something. Nah, here. man, nothing but All love right. for that guy. All we right. uh, we're, we're homies, we're tight.
1: By the way, we're we're over on the hour, so let's take a break here on the other side. We're heading to Minneapolis, well, maybe not. We'll see where Jesse Pierce yeah, is located. We're heading right now. to somewhere in, in Minnesota. Edmonton. We don't know Jesse Pierce from the Athletic Minnesota Wild reporter coming up next right here, rink wide, the show that always scores on TSN ten four.
0: SN1040. Here's J.D. Burke and
1: Andrew Watt. Welcome back to Wide. It's the show that always scores. Andrew Wadden, and J.D. Burke with you up until 3 o'clock. We're going to head to Minnesota in
2: just a moment. We'll talk to Jesse Pierce from The Athletic in Minnesota. Uh, before we do that, though, I yeah, sure. uh, just want to court a little bit of controversy here. Uh, that song is from Kanye's best album and uh, go ahead and i 've seen this debate. Uh, I like his first album what was that was that would have been uh,
1: college, ra- dro- graduation? Graduation? College, college Dropout. Dropout. Yeah, yeah 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 but i, I have to admit i'm i 'm a um, fairweather Kanye fan i like uh. i, I 'm just talking about his music I, I, everything else i just i don 't want to go there well, you know what he 's got some opinions. <laughs> I love flashing lights <laughs> flashing lights to me is is what, uh, one of the best beats. I just absolutely love that, so I use that uh, as a bridge all the yeah. time on Sakaris Carcassonais. No, it's it's super when I can dope. get it in there, and then I have you know Matt do his rapping thing. You guys need to do a rap battle, by the way.
2: I can do a rap battle between Matt Sakaris and myself by myself. All right, uh,
1: I believe we have Jesse Pierce on the line. Out, oh, Eddie's just uh, connected yeah, yeah. with her
2: fast uh, Eddie Gregory. right
1: now. I know we've had the side of things from the Canucks. Yep. I think uh, you know most of us here feel that the Canucks have the advantage in this series. But let's get the other side uh, from Minnesota and hear exactly, well, what they're feeling in Minnesota about this Wild and Canucks series. And Jesse Pierce joins us now on the line from Minnesota, question mark. Whereabouts do we find you right now, Jesse? <laughs> I am still in
4: Minnesota. No traveling. To Edmonton for me, and based uh, right in the Twin
1: Cities here. Oh, you're staying there. You're staying there. Are you? And I'm sure you're enjoying the hockey today. Uh, pretty interesting game going on right now between the uh, Oilers and Blackhawks. Didn't really see that result coming. And also in the Islanders and Panthers game, we just saw a big hit. Everybody's favorite Panther, Mike Matheson, uh, delivering a huge hit in that game. One uh, nothing Islanders right now in the second period. Uh, Jesse, before we get to the uh, Canucks and Wild. Uh, you, uh, did, I don't know if you saw it earlier, uh, but if you did, I would love to hear your thoughts on the um, Matt Dumba speech before the Blackhawks and Oilers and just the acknowledgement of the Black Lives Matter movement because clearly where you're at, uh, well, we know where everything sort of jumped off uh, in terms of the BLM movement. Yeah,
4: absolutely. No, I did I did watch that like most of you. I'm watching hockey all day, have it on <laughs> as much as we can, so I, I did catch Matt Dumba speaking up I mean how courageous of him and how really great for him to have that platform especially with the NBC broadcast as well Um, for him to say what he said you know mentioning Breonna Taylor's name and and just really stepping forward and then taking that knee during the anthem to really exemplify you know the change that needs to happen in in hockey culture I just thought it was a really brave moment for Matt and it was great to see and hopefully you know you see this continue and grow as we work to make the game better for
1: everybody absolutely Uh, as far as this series is shaping up what's the buzz uh, where you're at I know out here people real excited I know the majority of the people and it might be a little bias here but the majority of the people out here really like the Canucks in this series what's the uh, feeling uh, where you are
4: well, naturally, they're gonna like the Wild a little sure. bit better. Um, no, I think it's. I think everyone's really looking forward to a good series. I do think that the two teams match up very well. I'd heard, you know, in Vancouver, you guys kind of feel like the underdogs, and obviously Minnesota feels very much the same way here. They haven't. Uh, haven't been touted to do very well this entire season even you know despite turning it on right before the pause there um but you know i think wild fans are just hungry for for hockey hungry to see the team back on the ice and excited to see what they what they will bring i mean there's always the the discussion of the older guys and and the veterans and and all of that but it's you know looking at kevin fiala and getting a peek at him or jule erickson and, and taking another look at those younger guys to see what the future of this team might be too
2: we're talking to Jesse Pierce from The Athletic in Minnesota. Speaking of Joel uh, Eriksson-Eck, I mean, he's somebody that I've identified when I do my research into this series, particularly from an analytics perspective, as somebody who has developed into a fantastic defensive forward, right? Somebody who has been much ballyhooed, particularly in a market where they, uh I, I feel as if the the sense I get is they would have preferred Brock Besser in that spot, right? They took Joel Eriksson-Eck <laughs> a few picks before Besser. And uh you know what? He He's finally kind of found his form and, and where do you think he stands with the organization going into this series? I mean, we all know about Miko Koibu's well-established reputation as a shutdown center. Is there a possibility though that it could be Uul erickson Eck who is lining up opposite of Elias Petterson in this series?
4: Absolutely, and I think there's no question about that. We actually had a chance to speak to both Miko uh, and Joel today um, during their the wild media availability earlier. Um, and it was very noted that that's who he's going to go up against. He's going to have to shut down that top line. They're really looking for him. I think when they had drafted him again before Besser, which is a constant reminder here in Minnesota, naturally, um, that was their idea. That was their plan. They knew Miko couldn't play forever, right? And they wanted to get a guy in there. And for Miko to really take him under his wing, and I think he's really done that. I mean, Eric Sneck was on a, a, a pace for a career. He did have a career year this year, so he's finally getting into his own. He's finally getting comfortable, um, and it's exciting to see.
2: And what about somebody else? What's Luke Coonan's status for this series, right? That's another player who, uh, not taken in the same draft, I don't believe, but right around that same period of time, uh, he's kind of developing into a bit of a two-way piece as well. You know, it's it's interesting, the contrast between these two franchises, where the Canucks have just gone all out high-octane. Uh, the Wild, perhaps true to their legacy, have looked for more two-way pieces. And, and I think that Luke Kunin is somebody who I would consider uh, as part of that group. Is that a fair assessment?
4: Absolutely. And I think Luke is feisty. He's a guy that's been playing along with uh, Zach Parisi on the opposite wing there. Um, he's he's another guy that's gotten bigger minutes, logged a little bit more time because he's proven that he can play that two-way hockey. Like you mentioned, Minnesota thrives on their defensive abilities, not just on the actual blue line, but from their forwards as well. And that's kind of their main, main component of, of success. And Luke has definitely stepped in. Again, he just is a gritty player, too. He's a hard worker. He's somebody that kind of has all these different assets that you look for. And, again, and another young guy that uh, is going to be looked towards for the future.
1: Okay, we got to go to the goaltending question, Jesse. Who's it going to be? Like, we're hearing Staylock from a lot of people. Then our goalie go- guru that joins the station here, he works with Dubnik quite closely. Uh, he said that he feels it's going to be Dubnik. I know the Oilers started Mike Smith, which a lot of people uh, didn't think was going to happen today, and eek, so it didn't really work out for them. Uh, what's it going to be? Seen it coming? Yeah, either, exactly. Going to see that coming. Oh, uh, who who do you think it's going to be? Have you actually heard anything? you got anything for us pick your poison
4: it's funny I know it's hilarious because they strategically planned for their media availability before wild practice, right? So he was it, Dean Ebson was very elusive yet again in saying we will tell our starting goaltender later tonight. We will make the decision later tonight. Um, as you mentioned, it's obviously between Alex Daylock, Devin Dubnik. I don't think you get a look at Capo um, who is who is a third goaltender, obviously on on the roster there. Um, I my hunch is Devin Dubnik. Um, I've kind of felt this way from camp and everything. I mean Alex definitely had solidified his spot as the starting goaltender toward the end of the season, no question. And I think he probably deserves to maybe continue that. But also, Devin Dubnik's been the number one guy for so long. And, you know, he he performed very well in in the exhibition game against Colorado, too. Not to say Staylock didn't, but Devin did better, obviously. Staylock letting in the goals, Devin not. Um, so I think you're going to see 40 in that. That is my guess. Again, mm. it's still a guess because it could really go either way. I mean, flip a coin. Um, it's going to be one of those two, but my hunch says Devin Dubnik.
2: Uh, try not to take this personally, but whenever I talk about the Minnesota Wild, I say that they are the, the team that takes the fun out of hockey, a group that has been haunted by the ghost of Jacques Lemaire, <laughs> That's right? True. You know, and, and it seems as if when I, I spliced the data by coach that they're playing a much more up tempo style under Dean Evison, 10 more shot attempts per hour. Uh, their shooting percentage has gone down, which would again speak to the theory that they're opening things up a bit. What have you seen? from the quantitative, or sorry, the qualitative perspective as somebody who covers the team on a day to day basis.
4: Yeah, you know, I think they're definitely hyped up for Dean. I think Dean's such a, a big communicator in a very different way than Bruce Drill was, you know, when he was here. You can go back to Jacques. I mean, Dean just really gets his guys amped up, the energy and, and that's something that he really, really demands from the players too, um, which could be hard. Again, always going back to that age thing, when you've got a bunch of older guys in the room that can be hard to get that energy going and, and get some of that momentum, but I think he's been able to bring that out of these guys and he's a, he's a coach that the players seem to want to really play for. Um, you know, again, and the tides definitely changed once Bruce was let go back in, in February there, and they won their last 12 of 18 before the pause. So, I mean, something's working for them. Um, and, again, I think they kind of have nothing to lose at this point, right? Like I said, they, they came in, ranked, I think, 32 out of 31 teams. That's how little people had thought of the Minnesota Wilds at the beginning of the season. Um, so I think they're coming in, giving it their all, and uh, you're going to see a really hungry hockey team.
1: Did Boudreau, did he, did he lose that team? Did, did it have to happen, you think? You know, I
4: love Bruce. I loved covering Bruce. He is just the absolute best. But I do, I think he had kind of lost some of the guys. And I think there were some different things. He was trying to get some of the younger players in and get a few more minutes there out of them instead of some of the best. And, you know, that can be a tough thing to balance. You know, when you have guys who have been in this league for so long or who have looked to be the leaders of the team and all of a sudden they're feeling a little mighted by, by maybe some less less time and less action. So I think he was having a tough time getting everybody on the same page. Um, So unfortunately, a change had to be made. I thought the timing still remains very odd to me. But um, again, this is Dean's team. Again, the the guys are looking forward to playing for him, and I'm excited to see where it
1: goes. Now, we haven't seen a Canucks Wild Series in quite some time. It's been uh, many years. (laughs) However, uh, what are the people in Minnesota talking about when they talk about the Canucks? Who Who are you guys worried about out there?
4: I mean, everybody. You look at those top two lines, and it's it's terrifying. I think Patterson obviously, and then having Markstrom back for you guys, you're very well aware, huge, right? And with goaltending being such a question mark for the Wild right now, as to who is the starter, who is going to get hot, knowing that you guys have a very capable goalie in Jacob Markstrom is is big for you guys. Um, but you know, JT Miller as well. I mean, you go down the line. I think it's that youthfulness is always the concern because it is so black and white from what the Wild have. The Wild have the veteran experience. But that also means that there's the age and how will that fare for these guys as they try to cram in all these games within that five game series so I think it's the youthfulness and then Brock Besser too. Minnesota people love their hometown boy but they know his capability and his skill and I think he could be a, a big game changer in this series as well.
1: Now we asked our our, our audience today who are the X Factor uh, for the Canucks against the Wilds is going to be overwhelmingly the people are uh, voting Jacob Markstrom. If you had to give us an X Factor for the Wild who would it be?
4: Oof, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Kenziel is the obvious, right? But I think everyone knows that. I don't think he would be, you know, if he has turned on. I think um, maybe Matt Dumba. You know, he was kind of snake bit in the season. He was really struggling to to get the goals, and I think it had a little bit to do with that season injury injury that he had two years ago. Um, but I think if he can get aggressive and have bring out his offensive capabilities, that could be really huge for the Minnesota Wild.
1: Well, Jesse, it all gets going tomorrow evening, and let me tell you, we are. Are thirsty for playoff action here in Vancouver. Right. We, listen, we haven't seen the Canucks advance uh, in the playoffs since 2011. It's been far too long <laughs> since they've been in the postseason, so we're ready to get it going and uh, looking forward to this series against the Wild. And listen, uh, we'll probably have you on again uh, to discuss, but thanks for joining us uh, this week. Hey, thanks for having me. I look forward to a great series. Yeah, me too. That's Jesse Pierce from The Athletic in Minnesota. All right, that's some great stuff there, uh, JD. I mean, what, what do you think? Uh, do, you, do you see any sort of X factors
2: for Minnesota? I mean, Matt Dumba's a good pick. Yep. Kevin is the easy one, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think also uh, Alex Galchenyuk. Hear me out on this one. He he seemed to, like, there were indications from his time in Montreal that he had it in him to be a top six center or a top six winger, either or, right? Yep. It doesn't work out there. Doesn't work out in Arizona. Doesn't work out in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Well, he went from uh, Pittsburgh. From Arizona, by, right? By the way, sorry to uh, uh, Eddie. Yeah, no, remember, m-
1: remember, I suggested that he was a twenty-goal scorer. He actually scored thirty once. Forgot about
2: uh, that, Gal Chenyuk? Yes, yeah. I think we're focused yeah. on his inconsistency. Right? It's easy to but overlook like, it.
1: Look at how much he fell off. Like with, with his 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 third real season in the NHL, he scores twenty. Mm-hmm. His uh, fourth, he scores thirty, and then he just falls off a map after that. He's never gotten higher than nineteen. But he seemed to be finding
2: himself a bit in Minnesota. Mm. New opportunity, new coach, fresh start. What if he returns to half of what he used to be? You don't think that's a bit a of a, you don't think that's a bit of a boon to their their well, middle six, especially because he was only brought back as a as a cap consideration, yeah, right? That exactly. was a rebuild trade to get Jason Zucker out of there. So, in the 14 games he's played, he's at half a point a game. Yeah, if you can get really a half good. a
1: point a game player out of Alex Galchenyuk at this point, you're happy. I don't yeah. think he's going to hit his high water mark of 56 points ever a game again. And especially those thirty goals—that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic season. Yep. But if Alex Chanyak can be yeah. Uh, there's so bad point at game
2: developing player. prospects in Montreal. It's just it's so awful to see like how many. Hey, talent- I'm all
1: for this Montreal. How many talented lagging. players? Let's, let's get right just up Completely on
2: this. fan out, and then you <laughs> look at what happens with somebody like uh Mikhail Sergachev. Right, he goes to a new home and just flourishes, becomes one of the best defensemen in the game. Now, I- granted, Montreal didn't have enough time to screw him up. So, but at the time, I loved the trade. I was like, Drew would be, I, would be great for Montreal. I thought Montreal won that trade too. They, you know, they got their ass kicked in that trade. I liked, uh, I liked Sergachev a lot. I was like, yeah. oh,
1: he's a good, good, player, nice player, but he's not Drewan. No, and then uh, being that he's French Canadian, then going to uh, Montreal, one of like Jonathan Drewan,
2: yeah, one of like forty five players that uh, Mark Bergevin has tried to convince himself as a center when they're not. You know, like, we, need, we need the Mark Du... The, uh, Mark Dumont, Dumont, uh, Mark Bar-Sanvain.
1: Yeah, yeah, know. We, we, we need to add that to the hotkeys. We'll get we'll get Croker to do it when he's here next. Yeah, it'll, it'll take it'll ten years. It, yeah, yeah we'll, I was gonna we'll, say, we'll say it'll it will
2: be ready for the 2022-23 okay. season. Maybe if we're lucky. Is there?
1: Uh, is there? Could, I mean,
2: is there a better producer that we could get for the show? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. What What uh, were you? We gonna got say? Eddie Gregory yeah, yeah, today. So speedy Eddie Gregory, hey, fast Eddie, baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, is there? Away, because I had Dom Lecision on Sports Saturday. Yeah. And you know Dom. He breaks things down analytic-wise and, and runs the numbers. You love that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, he,
1: he had Minnesota as a, a slight favorite, like 51-49 type favorite. Uh, the more and, and, I look at the data, I
2: might... That's, that's what he's When yeah, He almost like, convinced me. But, but my are, question they're is... They're a s- machine under Dean Evason. Like, it's a small sample, though. That's can the you thing. see
1: them beating the Canucks?
2: Yeah. I absolutely can see them beating... I'm not saying they will. But the more the research that I have done for this series, okay, I honestly kind of find myself looking at the Wild almost as prohibitive favorites.
1: They got to stay out of the box. I, I think that is the simple analysis right there. They like, have to stay out of the box. They cannot let the Canucks if they go can, off
2: on the power play. If they can get slightly above average goaltending, like, that's ooh, it. Be disciplined, that, that, that could get be some enough goal right there to yep. take the Canucks out of the series. Because their PK is terrible. Yep. Their PKs is terrible. Well, when you have goaltending like that, it's, that's it's point. pretty difficult to that's put a up a, a good penalty. It throw, sounds right? like,
1: and, and don't get me wrong, I didn't watch a, a ton of Minnesota Wild games this year.
2: Why would you? <laughs> What's exactly. I, I don't even hate it. Although, when, I, when, I, when I try
1: to go to sleep, I'll, I'll put one of the games yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like Staylock really started to find his game uh,
2: late in the season. But Yeah, I mean, both Staylock and Dubnik suck, but I guess he sucked less.
1: If I said to you right now, without looking it up, don't look, Don't go, don't dive onto the Google. Yeah, who's older, Staylock or Dubnik?
2: I mean, like that. I, I feel as if the answer you want me to give is Devin Dubnik, and then you can be like, "No, it's actually Stalock. Right? It is
1: actually Dubnik. Oh, okay. But well, he's only a year older. Like, huh. th- th- like th- if I told you Alex
2: Stalock is thirty three years old, would that not blow your mind? N- n- not too much. Like, if you think about it, he's been a journeyman for, I, I, for longer a than, long I gave, than I than I thought. Actually, like San but, Jose. Yeah. Uh, One
1: start in the playoffs. Yeah, San Jose.
2: he had a tour of duty. I think in Toronto as well. He was in their system at some point. Did he ever play for the Leafs? Or no? Oh, I think he boy, got. I, don't I think he that. got traded as part of a cap consideration. Uh, right. Yeah, like yeah. he's he's very well traveled. Is the point that I'm trying to illustrate? Uh, you know, it's it's really. Uh, I am man. Like going into the playoffs. Yeah, with just San Jose and Minnesota
1: old, in terms of teams he's
2: played for. Yeah, yeah, that does not instill a lot of confidence, especially because like, it- and
1: you're right, he was traded to Toronto by San Jose yep. with Ben Smith and San Jose third pick yep. for James Reimer and Jeremy Morin. But although I again, I was like, weren't played for the Leafs, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. There you go. The more you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you know what's funny? The, uh, San Jose Sharks might be playing this year if they had kept James Reimer instead of Martin
1: Jones. Well, that's a, that's a discussion, uh, for another day. On the other side, we're going to talk to Mallory McFall. She's one of the hosts of the broadcast, a brand new podcast that, uh, has popped up here, Vancouver based, sort of. Mallory is based out of Kansas City, though. We'll find out how a Kansas, how, how there is a Vancouver Canucks fan in Kansas City, but also one that hosts a podcast. Mallory is coming up next right here. Rink Wide, the show that always scores on TSN 1040. You're
0: listening to Rank Wide on TSN 1040.
1: It's a show that always scores. Andrew Wadden alongside J.D. Burke. Getting you set. Canucks and Wild tomorrow night, 7.30. I'm banging the table, J.D. The return of the Samsonite Gorilla. I am so excited right now. Uh, We got 6 o'clock pregame here. Blake Price. Uh, John Abbott, Jeff Patterson. They'll bring you through the pregame, then commercial free intermissions, then the postgame show. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't end after that. No, Jay it doesn't. Pat,
2: late night with JPAT Playoff game night. Would you say that in some respects, it's going to be like a a home of sorts for Canucks coverage? Um, yeah, I suppose you could say that. A house yeah, Perhaps I mean it's the best house if that's what you it's mean. It's a, a homestead for
1: coverage like, of the local team. If they, we're, we're like we're like in the British properties when it comes to being on coverage. Speak for
2: yourself. Man. Well, we'll
1: we'll invite you. in. Yeah, we'll bring no, you over. No, I know. No. I know you gets a little, but you know you can come in.
2: Yeah, just, are, I already feel bad enough about living in like the West End. Like, just
1: take your shoes off on the way in and make sure that. Uh, Yeah, You you behave yourself, all right?
2: Uh, I will do no such thing.
1: That is true. I know that already. Uh, We're going to talk to Mallory McFall. She is from The Broadcast, a brand new podcast that has surfaced here in Vancouver. And uh, all the hosts are female. I love it. It's absolutely amazing. Great idea. Let's bring Mallory into the conversation. Uh, Mallory, uh, thanks for joining us today. My first question to you, because I did not know this, JD told me. You are in Kansas City and a Canucks man? Yeah.
4: So um, there's not like an interesting story about this at all. Like, I <laughs> just have family like in that used to live in Vancouver. They don't even anymore.
1: Okay. And, you know, I don't know. So, okay, hold on. Are you, so you're from Kansas City yourself? <laughs> yes. Okay. But then you got an attachment to the Canucks through your family. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's no big deal. All right. I get
2: it now. I get it. It's, it's cool. I mean, like, how many Canucks fans are in Kansas or, or Missouri? How many people are doing
1: hockey podcasts of any team in, in Kansas City? Like, well, uh,
2: the at sports lesbian is. That's right. That's right. And Mal, I wanted to ask you because you were the number one WAGS reporter in hockey, as far as I'm concerned. I (laughs) listen to Roxy Fever. Uh, I love the shout outs they give me particularly. And one of the episodes they had you on and you just waxed poetic about all these interesting storylines. Like, uh, where does that interest come from? And where do you get your information from? Where do you get your information from? <laughs> it's only us, by the way. It's only the three of us talking here, so yeah good. I, Like, I, I just, I love it. I love it. Like, it would never occur to me to look up, like, Nathan McKinnon's ex and her posts on Instagram through their dog's account, but it would to Mal, so the floor is yours, Queen.
4: Um, I mean, like, it's just that I'm extremely vapid, Um, that's about all I've got (laughs) for my explanation on that. And also, I just, like, often find myself in just, like, holes of, like, just figuring out things. Or just, like, you see something and you're like, oh, I want to know more about that. And, like, normally I think that is reserved for, like, intellectual pursuits. But unfortunately, for me, it is just, like, very stupid stuff instead.
1: Mal, how did this all come together?
4: Um... So essentially, like, I think Sam wanted to start a blog and then um, they just said, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, okay. Like, as in, like, they literally just added me to a group message and were like, we're doing this now. And I was like, okay. And this went on, like, for multiple months. And then about, like, a week and a half ago, we were like, hey, what if we just made a podcast? and now
1: we are here. Okay, hold on. You, you got this together in a week and a half. I, you're doing radio here on a major network. I saw one of your colleagues doing television as well. Boy, who's your PR guy? <laughs> That's in fast forward right there. It took a week. And I you know, you're getting
2: that kind of coverage. That's fantastic. And, and in the top five of podcasts for, for sports in Canada. Rinkwide was first, of course. But no, no, no. The, the one for adults who can't read was first. Oh, uh, gotcha. spit and chiclets. Gotcha. Um, can you kind of speak to that, reception? Mal? Because, like, as, as somebody who is friends with basically everybody on the broadcast and in, like, <laughs> group chats with them, too, like, I have loved this. Like, the reception's been so cool for me, and I'm not even at the center of it. You are. What's it been like?
4: I mean, it's, like, definitely super cool to actually, because we definitely thought that we were just going to, like, be shouting into the void, um, which was our main plan, because obviously, like, we all just, like, doing that in general on Twitter, um, just putting our opinions out there and I guess like it's just interesting that people would actually care um and especially like in this like magnitude as quickly but it is kind of like overwhelming as we are just getting our feet underneath ourselves and don't really I don't know we're still figuring everything out but So it's kind of just odd.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, fill us in exactly who you're working with uh, for those that don't know on the broadcast.
4: Um, Okay. So uh, basically it is me, obviously, (laughs) me, Georgia Twist, Vanessa, uh, and Danny Huntley, and then Samantha. So I don't know. Just your normal people getting in fights with. The man on Canucks Twitter.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, uh,
4: like, if you've ever been, like, yelled at by, like, somebody
1: for, like, your opinion on Canucks Twitter, like, it was probably us. Like, man. Oh, so, oh, I was going to say, I thought you were going to relate it to yourself, like, someone mansplaining well, something from the Canucks well, no. to you and then you guys putting them into place. Because I've seen Sam CP do that many times. Yeah. She She's has, the
2: gatekeeper. She has so much patience. But, I mean, like, for, for Mal, I think one example would be if I said that Brock Besser is literate. That's something that she would push back against another one for you <laughs> that's a joke from their first episode uh, you know I did my homework
4: it's not a joke also that's not a joke
2: see that's, just a that's why you listen to the broadcast <laughs> like what what sort of stuff do you get into on the show because one thing that's that stuck out to me when I listened was like oh this is so not created for my demographic and and thank god because like yeah there's there's enough of that right like you get into completely different topics whether it is the literacy of grown men on the the local hockey team or uh like i said earlier you are the intrepid wags reporter uh probably up for a pulitzer in 2021 22 who knows if you if you keep at it i think the the world is 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 all yours so what do you discuss mostly on that show
4: Um, Well, I mean, we were talking recently about how we are mostly just a No Stats, Just Vibes podcast. Um, And I mean, mostly like just other things that like are more interesting than, I don't know, Jake Furtan and getting benched for the like 50th time. Maybe we just like will, I don't know, insult him about it some more in a very more creative way. (laughs)
1: That's really it. I don't have anything more exciting to say. And 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 Mallory, is it? it, Are you guys going like like full spectrum NHL? Are you focusing mainly on the Canucks? What's the uh, what's the rundown as far as the show is concerned?
4: Uh, We're definitely like an equal opportunity uh, roasting of all men in the NHL podcast. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, we're Canucks focused since we're all Canucks fans, but we definitely want to talk about. All stupidity happening across the league. Like as JD mentioned, we were talking about Nate McKinnon a bit. Um, we we're talking about Austin Matthews getting called out on TikTok.
1: Hey, easy. He go easy on my boy Austin.
4: <laughs> um, you know, any anybody's tomfoolery is not off limits.
1: Well, hopefully you and I don't find ourselves on there. That that's, that's, that's
2: nightmare fuel. I mean like, I don't know. I think the NHL does, does such a horrible job of selling its star players, like uh, It's getting better. It's, it's, getting, it's better. getting better. It's getting better, but I I legitimately think that there is a place for what the broadcast does yeah. within within Absolutely. the NHL within the NHL sphere. Uh, because it kind of humanizes them. It's like I, I can't speak about the specifics that Mal is is referring to on the air. Uh, not, on this, uh, not on this. Not on this station. Not, yeah, maybe but, a, maybe a podcast. Yeah. But you should seek it out if you're listening right now. Uh, are th- were there any sort of influences for for your group as well that kind of helped? Um, I don't want to say pave the way because what you're doing is very unique, very original. But I think too about somebody who perhaps we have to have on the show at some point. The Puck Bunnies, uh, Audrey and Christina, yeah, two of we are our a huge friends.
4: Fans. Of Audrey and Christina. They're incredible geniuses. And we will never be able to match them. But know, um, they're great. They're like one of our favorite podcasts, and definitely especially women in hockey podcasts. And also just not taking yourself too seriously at all. Um, I mean we were uh I was discussing this and about how like not to get like all like Sam arguing about fan gate gatekeeping but like as soon as like somebody like argues that like you're appreciating like the sport in like the wrong way like you're never gonna earn their respect at all Uh so like you might as well just enjoy it in like the weirdest way possible
2: well, Mallory, uh, like, that's an awesome I note <laughs> to end on.
1: Mal, we're, we're looking forward to uh, seeing where this goes, looking forward to uh, listening to many more uh, broadcasts from you guys, but appreciate you taking the time today. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, a breath of fresh air uh, in the podcast community here in Vancouver. And uh, thanks for taking time with us.
4: Yeah, thank you
1: so much. That's Mallory McFall. She's part of the Broadscast. If you want to check out uh, their latest podcast, it's uh, so good. head over to iTunes, uh, search out the Broadscast, and uh, you'll be able to find it there. They're also on Twitter already. Pod at Broadscastpod, is where you'll find them. And that's Georgia Twist, Vanessa Jang, Sam CP, Mallory McFall, and Danielle Huntley, who we've had on before, who was yep. part of the uh, Boxford Project.
2: I'm, but I'm friends with all of them. They're all great. I love them. They're perfect and anybody who wants to do a misogyny to them will have to fight through me to do it.
1: And JD uh, I just want to acknowledge some of the uh, great female reporters that we've had here on the show and it's funny because we've had so many of them uh, throughout the NHL and I never really batted an eye at all you know what I mean it, to me it was just like yeah great reporter mm-hmm. don't care if she's a, a man or a, a woman It's it's been great and uh, I just want to acknowledge uh, uh, Sarah Sivian of course Carolina she's great I, I will die uh, for Sarah Kristen Sivian. Shilton Toronto no? no that was very croaker of you. I look at Eddie and he nods at me. Yeah, <laughs> you're making that. a good point here all of a sudden. And I'm focused on you recognizing the women in sports media. I'm just paying attention here. Oh, good. Thanks, well, buddy. that was your first uh, Jesse Pierce, of course, who we've had on here. Uh, Haley uh, Salvian uh, covers the uh, Ottawa Senators. There's also more as well. covers
2: Baby Yoda gifts and memes. Yeah, there's just so many. Uh, of them, Allison
1: Lucan. I, I love it. I, I think it's uh, fantastic that we've got so many um, you know, women involved in hockey and to see something like this. Uh, just makes it that much better, and it's local outside of Mallory, of course. But it's local. Uh, so. I just
2: like Mal's Twitter. You have to follow at sports underscore lesbian because it's it's perhaps the best. Well, hmm, I don't know. Granya is probably the best Twitter ever to be created. Granya Downey. She used yeah. to write at uh, Canucks Army, and now just writes the funniest stuff on Twitter ever, but Sports Lesbian is also in that tier, and both are well worth your time. Also, follow the podcast itself on Twitter. Just going to look that up for you right now. It is Broadcast Pod. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on, I don't know, where are kids getting podcasts these days? I think I just about covered it, right? Well, you are the kid amongst all of us, so you should know this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. By the way, everything you just said, I said like a minute earlier, but okay. That's why I was telling Eddie the the trick is to tune you out.
1: (laughs) Trust me, I tried doing that and you're now back. based on on the last drop. I'm starting to have a clue in there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I tried doing that, but I, I had to unblock you off Twitter, but we'll see if you'll be allowed back on Instagram. Uh, You're in a little bit of Instagram jail with me right now. Other side, we'll put a bow on the show. Rink Wide, show that always scores, TSN 1040.
0: Now, more of Rink Wide on TSN 1040. Here's JD Burke and Andrew Wadden. Welcome
1: back to Rink Wide. It's the show that always scores. Andrew Wadden, JD, Burke here with you for one more segment. I don't know what's coming up next. I'll get Ed to look it up and uh, see. I think maybe best of the highlight reel. We'll see. Oh, offside. There you go. Eric Mac- Mac- Ramallah. It's not the easiest name. No, Paul. I'll tell you what. Eric MacRamala has a great show. So you guys are definitely going to want to keep it uh, locked here. You might as well just stay on the dial. Keep it on the dial as... Uh, Our morning show says uh, just throughout right until six o'clock tomorrow night when uh, the pregame starts. And then boom, Canuck action, commercial free uh, intermissions.
2: Yeah, but I'm not going to be there. So what's
1: 45 minutes of the that makes the show that much better. 45 minutes of the postgame show commercial free. Jeff Patterson after the postgame show doing playoff game night Mm. doing something. Well, he's definitely doing something. Oh, yeah. Right. Imagine if JPAT like actually was on the air all night, like yeah. did not that, that I I didn't work at the station in twenty eleven, yeah. did that not happen? Yeah, when the Canucks lost Game Seven to Boston, he he was here all night.
2: Yes, wow. I mean, like it's Jeff. There's there's nobody who works harder than than J Pat. That wouldn't disagree with that. Real, recognized, real. I mean, I know
1: that uh, Jeff would love to be. You know, in Edmonton right now, but that's this is no. Act- he wouldn't. Nobody
2: wants to be in Edmonton. Oh, come
1: on, uh, J- JD. <laughs> I, I I get that. And somebody who's <laughs> from Edmonton right now is probably shaking their fist at the radio. But in this circumstance, like what Drancer described to us, like like to say that you were involved in that, like and that was piece of your career. I don't know, man. That's pretty cool.
2: I, I don't think so.
1: You, I do. Like you, you don't want to be there. Like I would love to. I'm, I mean, I'm not a reporter.
2: No, but I would love to be there.
1: Like, and I,
2: I mean, I, I would. Maybe it would be different if it was like the the World Juniors, for example, are in Edmonton and, and Red Deer this upcoming. So
1: you would have been there probably if it had. Yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, I, I one yeah.
2: thousand percent would be there and yeah. be providing the best coverage of any outlet possible. Next to Craig Button, uh, the most handsome coverage. The Next to Craig most button. intelligent coverage. Next to Craig Button. Yeah, no, we have a podcast. We get it. Oh, we've heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So hold on a second here. Yeah, what's up? Hold on a second. You know, so many people want to tie me to this podcast. Like,
2: oh, they got rid of Wadden. But like... I was never going to be involved in this. It's a it's a Prospects podcast. No, like, I'm well, yes and no, right? Like I'm still having you summarily executed. Ah, okay. You know? No, like, that's that's just you though. It's just, just your your pettiness. My yeah, my pettiness. <laughs> uh so no, we have we've actually got an awesome first show. Planned. Yeah, like give it give it some props. Give it Yeah, give it yeah of too. course. I mean, it's going to be better than anything this place puts anyway. Whoa. Uh, Tim I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tim Stutzla? Uh what's that? Trevor Martins on yeah, line yeah, yeah, 1 yeah. here. Yeah, he's got me on speed dial. Uh, Tr- Tim Stutzler, the German center from Adler Mannheim, although he played on the wing this season, he's going to be joining us no from way. from Berlin, yeah. Presumptu-
1: Why didn't you get him for
2: us? Because I don't like you. Huh? Uh yeah. our next guest is going to be Doug Wilson Jr. He is the yep. assistant general manager of the San Jose Sharks, and he handles their amateur side as well. So he's going to be able to talk about their prospects, talk about some of the challenges that teams are facing in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just awesome what I can do when I put my mind to it. Yeah, exactly. Why don't
1: you put your mind to this show? Anyway, I want to thank all the guests that uh, joined us today. I <laughs> 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 Thomas Drance, uh Jesse Pierce, Mallory McFall. What it was a good show. I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited. JD, like parting parting words here, my friend. I, I because- was
2: I was talking to Matt Sakaris this week. Uh, sorry, he was talking at me. Yeah. that's how that usually goes. Exactly. No, it was a good conversation, and he was like,
1: "Matt just texted me actually, letting me know that Nick Robertson is going to play for the Leafs
2: tomorrow." He uh, he yeah. said to me, "Very excited." This is that. the most important show of your career, JD, and I think that we we did it. Yeah, p- he
1: put a lot of uh, onus on this this show oh, this yeah. weekend, and oh. I was like, man, "He's like, you're going to be nervous?" Like, I don't know, am yeah. I? Like, I don't think so. Like, uh, by the way, it's 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 over. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have defeated the Edmonton Oilers 7-4. 7-4. Wow. Sorry, you want to finish your thought there?
2: Right, no, it no. Off. I mean, it's just like it was, uh, it was fun to do. I mean, like hockey is back. I mean, those first few shows we were doing, Andrew, like I felt so... Awkward and weird it 's like, oh yeah the world 's ending, and i 'm also showing up to talk about hockey for two hours, <laughs> and now it 's like I,
1: a, I I was going to go hard on you in terms of that uh, it all being a hoax, yeah, but I, I let it slide because you know what i 'm just that guy i 'm uh, a good guy
2: sure <laughs> I, I like I took the l too like i don 't know what you want from me here, yeah, like, yeah.
1: yo, hold on a second here, <laughs> if I did something like this, you would not allow me to just Take the L quote No, unquote. of course not. You would keep hammering on it every single week as I bang the table again.
2: Yeah, and then I would open my mail one day and get hit with a Unabomber style yeah that's package. True. You yeah, know, that's like uh, <laughs> but like <laughs> no, like you can razz me for it all you want. I'll just be like, yeah, sure. I'm I glad go. you're wrong. That,
1: that, that's what I, I know. Well, we went through this process. There were times where I'm like, yep, yep. I'm glad I'm glad you're wrong. I, I I think that you this is an L I'm sure you're okay with taking.
2: Oh hell yeah. Like I'm super stoked on there being hockey. Like I've I've rewatched every bit of prestige TV like available to me. I'm rewatching yeah. Oz again. Like this is a level of like serotonin deficits that we have not yet encountered in humankind. Now I've got hockey, I get at least one serotonin a week. There you go. The
1: music is playing. Get excited, folks. Tomorrow, it all goes down. 7.30 puck drop between the Wild and the Canucks. We got playoff eh, kind of action happening again. Pre-game right here at 6 o'clock. You're going to want to be here for the best hockey coverage in the city. This has been Rinkwide for J.D. Burke, our producer Eddie Gregory. I'm Andrew Wadden. Have yourself an incredible Saturday offside with Eric Macramala. Coming up next here on TSN 1040.